0: You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money
1: News. Well, greetings once again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, October 26, 2018, and this is your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us this fine Friday is, of course, Eric Sprott himself. Eric, good morning.
0: Hey, Craig, good morning. Uh, You know, uh, one of the most chaotic weeks ever that uh, probably you and I have gone through both in precious metals and in the major markets and markets around the world and the bond markets and the currency markets, so uh, lots to talk about.
1: That there is, my friend. And uh, hey, but before we get started, get your calendar out, would you? Uh, and put this on your calendar, and I, hopefully everybody listening will do the same. Sprott Money is going to be hosting an RSP Lunch and Learn on Wednesday, November twenty eighth. So you got a little while to work this into your schedule. This is an exclusive event by invitation only, so make sure you don't miss it. You gotta to go to sproutmoney.com and sign up for our newsletter and get more details. But hey lunch and learning you're gonna actually get some lunch. On Sprott Money, that's a good deal. Look, we're, the markets are getting their lunch eaten, I can tell you that. How's that for a segue, my friend? Hey, um, it has been a crazy week. The, as we record, it looks like the S&P is going to open down again today. It's down now 100 points on the week. Gold is up about 1%. Silver's not not doing a whole lot. And I think probably maybe most interesting, the stock market seems to be having real trouble with the 10-year note getting up around 320 that's where it finished last week. It's now down to three hundred eight. You want to connect all these dots, Eric?
0: Oh, sure, that's easy. <laughs> uh, connect the dots. Well, oh my God, there's so many dots out there. Uh, First, I maybe even start with. Well, let's start with an, the economic dots, then, okay? Um, and the economic dots are that you know housing is definitively weak because of high interest rates. Car sales, apparently, are going to be weak in October. Uh, We have various companies, most of the the guys who produce something, that say they have one issue or another, whether it's, you know, we can't get our products over there because of tariffs or we're paying more for materials because of tariffs and that margins are getting squeezed. Uh, Also, there's been um, a bit of a hiccup in uh, some of the FANG stocks, Alphabet. And Amazon uh, both looked like they had uh, uh, moderation in growth trends. And, of course, they had moderations in uh, fourth quarter outlooks. And uh, we're in a market that sort of takes no prisoners now. And things uh, sell off very quickly. On a sort of a separate note, uh, technically, Not that I'm even a a student of technical analysis, nor will I even pretend to understand sort of the makeup of what makes our market. But I get these reports I read that, you know, when we went through 2750 on the S&P, that, oh, my God, this whole category of funds has to sell, you know, like 400 billion of stocks. And there's all this relationship between, you know, the strikes at 2750, at 2725, at 2600. If it goes down here, then all these guys got to do this. And of course, the reason I don't relate to it, that's never the way I would invest, okay? I, I buy companies who have earnings or whatever, and I'm not into, well, this trades off that, and if the VIX does this, then that should do that, and all this crazy swirling around of, uh, the, the integration of one fact to another uh, and facts that uh, only a uh, computer and or some uh, computer geek uh, might even understand. Not that in the final analysis are going to hold any water, okay? They're not. But but people grow up to think that, that there, these things are just automatic. Well, uh, just automatically, everyone has to sell stock. So um, we've obviously seen a lot of that going on. And when I think of uh, generally markets and, and the carnage that's going on. And there's way more carnage away from the American markets. Uh, I'm thinking of the, uh, the Chinese market, the Indian stock market, the, the, undoubtedly the Brazilian, the Argentinian, the Russian. I mean, you name it. Um, there's been a lot of carnage going on. And, and God forbid that you start getting margin calls. Yeah. And of course, these sharp shakeouts that we have, they they do create margin calls. Then you got, the, then you have to get into the whole liquidity thing. You know, as you know, one of the things that's easy to sell, I guess, is an ETF. Except the ETF's got to sell all the underlying stocks. That may not be that easy because the liquidity in the individual issues is probably nothing like the liquidity in the ETF. So we'll we'll have to stand by on it. I mean, it's October, Uh, markets uh, often have very, very weak months and crash in October. I mean, it's looking uh, very, very jittery here. I mean, when people start reacting negatively to earnings in a violent manner, you know that everything's changed. So uh, people in the market should really be careful here.
1: Yeah, let me just relate this to gold for everybody, and, and just see if you agree with this. Uh, because a lot of folks that are in the metals think, "Oh, why, did, why does it matter?" You know, that's all just kind of a greater fool scheme, anyway. Well, to me, if the stock market rolls over, that affects consumer confidence. You know, if all of a sudden it's down twenty percent, the Fed may begin talking about uh, rate cuts rather than rate hikes. And don't you does that kind of eventually play into a change in sentiment for gold? Is that why this why this matters? Well,
0: there's no doubt that it matters uh, It matters on many fronts. The first front it matters on is if you're an investor and something's not working, you own bonds, you're a loser. You own stocks, you're a loser. Well, what are you going to do? you got to try to find something that's a winner, okay? Now, luckily for us, in this most recent decline, gold, not gold stocks, but gold and silver have been relative winners. Not big by any stretch to imagine, but they've been winners. In fact, they're going totally against the grain of the market. And that's a very, very important distinction here. Yeah. And I would think that lots of people throughout the world, and, and particularly the Chinese and Indians, where their markets have been brutal, their currencies have been brutal, uh, and they love gold, I think they would be serious buyers of gold. Yeah. And, and, and to that, uh, I know uh, pre this call you mentioned that uh, the data uh, out of Switzerland – was like so powerful for people who believe in gold.
1: Let me hit you with that data, yeah. Eric, because this yeah. is a little-noticed data point that goes out month by month, and I gets no coverage, and certainly no mainstream media coverage. You'd think somebody would go, huh, wait a second. Uh, for this is just the month of September alone, just the month of September alone, the imports into the country of Switzerland for gold Uh, And why Switzerland? Because Switzerland is where all the refiners are, Uh, exceeded about 180 metric tons and 92 metric tons came from the UK. 92 metric tons were imported into Switzerland out of the UK, which does not mine gold. I mean, you know, aside from, you know, the little leprechauns with their pots at the end of the rainbow, they don't have any gold there, right? So where does that gold come from that goes to Switzerland? Well, uh, it mainly comes from the U.K. And then it leaves Switzerland after it's been re-refined into kilobars. And 38 metric tons went to China. Another 29 metric tons went to Hong Kong. Uh, Eric, um, you would think some investigative journalist would kind of start sniffing around saying, hey, where, where is this gold coming from? How does this work? But it apparently doesn't happen.
0: And there's no question that this is central bank gold, okay? It has to be central yeah. bank gold or bank or gold being loaned, let's say, from the ETF to a bank, to a commercial bank, and then going, going over to Switzerland. And uh, there was another data point you had that I think the, Amer- the U.S. exported 33 tons in the same month to Switzerland, but we you only produced 22 tons. Yep. So again, where does 11 tons come from? You know, that, That's not an in, insignificant amount of, uh, of gold here. So those numbers are, are just overwhelming, that, that there was this huge demand for gold uh, by Asia, let alone, I'm sure, Europe as well, because they're no fools, and their market's been weaker than the North American market, the stock market. And, of course, they have all this, the worries over there, of whether it's Brexit or Italy, I mean, uh, whether it's the ECB going to stop buying bonds at the end of December, they've got lots to worry about over in Europe, and they like gold, too. Yeah. So you have lots of reasons for people, the majority of people in the world, to want to buy gold. And maybe, yes, uh, the uh, central banks keep supplying it. And maybe, yes, as we saw in the commitment of traders report last week, when all this buying came into the commodity markets, that the the commercial banks sold, shorted the uh, the futures to them in huge quantities, and it was a very big disappointment for us all that we might, might have thought that the banks would step aside this time, but believe me, they didn't. I mean, the amount of gold they sold last week was stunningly large as gold was about to go up. So here we go. We're in the game again where the paper markets are trying to keep control on the physical markets, but the physical markets would argue strongly that gold should be going higher.
1: Hey, and just one other little aside, uh, if we go back in time, do you remember the whole story when Germany tried to repatriate their gold and it, uh, at first they can only send them seven metric tons and that the the story was it was such a logistical issue? Remember that?
0: Yeah, I uh, remember it very well. But, yeah. they,
1: but there was not a logistical issue shipping 92 metric tons in one month.
0: No.
1: Uh, interesting. All right, uh, Eric, the other uh, interesting news I want to touch on this week was just the slaughter yesterday of the majors. Uh, Goldcorp, Barrick, and the like, after their earnings. Uh, Can you just explain to everybody why it is that majors have such a terrible trouble making money at any gold price? Uh, And maybe the advantages to not owning majors in your portfolio.
0: I mean, I wish I could honestly explain. I mean, the one thing, you know, that that would have negatively affected them in the quarter, of course, is the fact that the price of gold was down, I guess, well over $100 an ounce. So... uh, you know, for guys like Goldcorp that are producing, whatever their number is, 500,000 ounces, I mean, that's $50 million of less revenue in the quarter. And I think their loss went up by something like that, if not a little more. Um, you would have thought that at you would have hoped that at $1,200 gold, they could make money. The same is true of Barrick. They had, I think they broke even, I don't I hope I'm not misstating what they did. I mean, Newmont's earnings were, were the same as as they were last year, I think, so they kind of hung in there. Agnico Eagle was weak. Um, like, it's, I, I don't know, and maybe it's, I, I think it might be some, you pay for past mistakes, you know, if you made some acquisition that really uh, wasn't as well thought out as you might have thought at the time, and you got to take all these write-offs to make up for it. So... um and I, of course, you know I've never been a believer in the large uh, cap companies because they have a tough st- time surprising on the upside. They do. Uh, so where are you going to get the, you know, the the double bagger? Uh, y- y- you're more likely to find it in a, sort of a medium to small size company and or explorer. And of course, that's played out. Um, unfortunately, from my perspective as as the chairman of Kirkland Lake, uh, when all the bigs have lousy earnings. The reason to own the ETF is kind of diminishing, yeah. and we're in the ETF. Yeah. <laughs> so so we get sold off, and our earnings will be out on October 30th. Uh, they will be not unexpected, I think. Uh, they, they we'll be in line with whatever the forecasts are, because uh, we had a good quarter production-wise, and uh, yes, we had to take a bit of a hit on the... Um, the price of gold, but by the same token, we had increased production. So hopefully when the numbers all work out, there'll be one will offset the other. So, yeah, it's been a tough time for the majors, and the majors have, have hurt everyone, quite frankly.
1: And, Eric, just quickly here as we wrap up, one of the companies that we've spoken about the last couple of weeks uh, is this uh, RNC or Royal Nickel, these massive gold nuggets. People have probably seen the stories in the news about the, the, the largest gold nuggets ever unearthed uh they had some earnings or in uh, some statements they put out this week uh and I know you kind of want to touch on that too
0: sure well they brought out a news release which was i think poorly worded and yeah, i still I'm not sure exactly what it said and believe me i've read it 20 times uh where they said the the, the fa- grandfather's vein produced whatever 27 to 30,000 ounces and uh the extra 540 meters beyond the first 10 meters will produce 35,000. And they didn't say an additional 35,000, just 35,000. So none of us know which one they meant. Do you mean the total of 35 between the two things? In which case would be a big disappointment. Do they mean an extra 35,000? Which I don't think they really meant, to be honest, because how, you know, how would they know it would be that number? Yeah. But here's the interesting thing that everyone should give some thought to. A cubic meter of gold weighs 19 tons. Therefore, a ton of gold is one-twentieth of a cube, one-nineteenth of a cubic meter. That's a meter by meter by about three inches. Three inches. Now, if you look at that grandfather vein, and maybe it's two feet wide, it's not all gold, but you can see what a small little area, and they found a ton, what a small little area you can find a ton of gold in. and the key question with with RNC is have we uh, unleashed a new uh, depositional model for gold uh, and there's some thought that, that it is a new depositional model it hasn't been proven but I can tell you that there's probably four or five different places on that property where they have seen that that kind of of manifest manifestation before, at different levels, and in different structures, and of course they got four structures. that I think on average each go about four kilometers. So we got a lot of, we had a lot of opportunity to, uh, to see whether this, uh, we we're going to have a new theory. I'm about to read a paper on the weekend, which will be a heavy duty geological paper, which you won't understand. Um, <laughs> I'll try, I'll try to. Uh, summarize it for the layman as I hope it summarized for me the layman uh, just about how that goal did manifest itself down there so hopefully I might have more to report next week but I find it intriguing to study what's going on down there and I'm trying to make sure that if it's going to be different if it's going to be different that uh, one uh, takes advantage of it because if it works it's a multi-bagger if it doesn't work eh, maybe you lose 50% of your money But the multi-bagger is a lot better. You know, if you get enough of them, you don't mind losing 50%. So we'll see where it goes. I tend to be, I'm I'm getting into the believer camp, so uh, we'll see where it all takes us.
1: That's a terrific explanation. And uh, further, it's an explanation of why you are you and I am me, and that you spend your weekend reading geological papers, and I spend my weekend drinking beer and watching football.
0: Well, I try to combine them, okay? Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, listen, and just to remind, again, I want to tell everybody about this one more time in case you missed it at the beginning. Because this is a pretty cool deal. Sprott Money is hosting an RSP Lunch and Learn. Wednesday, November 28th. It's an exclusive event, and you've got to get an invitation. The only way you can get it, though, is you've got to sign up for the Sprott Money newsletter at SprottMoney.com. So please, everybody, go there and check it out. Of course, the fall catalog is there as well for great deals across the board. If you're looking to add some metal at these prices. So uh, please check that out. Eric, please check out those geological reports and uh, report back to us next week, I guess. Have a great weekend.
0: Okay, man. As best I can. You have a good one, Craig.
1: And from all of us here at Sprout Money News and SproutMoney.com, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next Friday.